Hey everyone, how are y'all doing today? Um, my name is Karis Love, for those of you who do not know me, and I just first off want to take a moment to thank you all for giving me an opportunity to testify to the existence of the living God through sharing about his work within me. And thank you to my family, my friends, Pete and Cherry Anderson, and so many others in this entire church community for allowing God to use them in this whole entire process. If I were to sum up my testimony in an, a sentence, it would be the story of how God took a girl who was raised in the church, who was tired of trying to get closer to God in their own efforts and very, very burnt out in religion, and how God called her into true relationship with him. I was born and raised in a Christian home with an understanding that God was the source of every good thing. To me, common sense said, why would anyone say no to God? Being a Christian in my eyes was the best thing ever, and it was a get out of hell free card. As a four-year-old, I would sit on airplanes and ask strangers if they believed in Jesus, and if they didn't respond with an immediate yes, I would be shocked. <laughs> My earliest memory as a child was trying to convert my kindergarten teacher to Christianity. My childhood was spent running around with my homeschooled friends from one youth group to the next, and I loved my Christian overnight camps. I loved my youth group talks. I loved going to church with my family. I had the ability to recognize that it was good, and I made these things my foundation. In the context of being brought up in a religious family and environment, I figured I knew God. I went through all the motions that were expected of me, having it all together, minus one thing, having a personal relationship with Jesus himself. Relying fully on one spiritual high to the next and sermons spoken to me on Sunday mornings for spiritual nurturing, I neglected to go straight to God himself. With the lack of personal relationship that I had with God combined with a shallow faith, I began high school. I laugh when I think about how I started off thinking I was fully geared up to handle any trial that would be thrown my way. Whatever goals I had to live a Christ-like life or follow God in high school slowly faded as time went on, when the currents of the world began to run stronger and the voice of the enemy grew louder. Suddenly, I was not homeschooled anymore. My security became rooted in anything but God, and I made it a top priority to make myself the center of my life, completely consumed by self-obsession. I realized that I was really good at making friends, really good at making people like me, good at getting grades that would make my parents happy, good at pleasing others, teachers, coaches, teammates, friends, anyone. This pattern of living a good life and being a good person that pleased others around me became my entire security, my identity. I remember reassuring myself at times that I was still walking with God and that I was still living a good life and being a good person, for the most part. Over the span of time, I built up my own kingdom where things came easily to me and I felt comfortable and in control. Without even consciously realizing it, I had fallen asleep to the melody of the world, enslaving myself to a life of sin and very empty pursuits. I called the shots in my life now. But the thing is, the more I sought out after my own desires, following my own impulses, the more empty I felt. In the middle of my sophomore year, I stood on the starting line of a Nordic race. I finally admitted to myself that I had absolutely no personal re relationship with God and I needed to stop being in denial about it. I dropped the facade with my parents and stopped calling myself a Christian at school. Although I wasn't walking with God, the last thing I wanted to damage the reputation of his church and his people. 
As all this happened, I realized that there is nothing more sad than knowing in my own head that God is the source of every good thing and having previously tasted his goodness, but continuing to be a slave to the world and my own unfulfilling desires that would ultimately lead to death. I knew this in my mind, but I did absolutely nothing about it. I was too comfortable in my routine of doing as I pleased, doing what would make other people happy, unwilling to give it up. I continued to live my life completely and utterly consumed with the world and the desires of myself, ignoring the Heavenly Father who ultimately only wanted my heart. In the middle of my junior year, moments before COVID was anything more than a funny joke, my mom dragged me to a March for Life in Montpelier. I had absolutely no interest in going and I thought it would be a joke. But when I went, I never expected to feel God's heart for his people and see their love and devotion to him in a way that I never had before, even though I grew up my whole entire life in a religious environment. During a time when I was not looking for any relationship with God, he began to work inside of my heart in a way that he had never before. I'll never forget breaking down in the bathroom stall of the Vermont State House, confessing to God how badly I wanted a relationship with him, but understanding I couldn't live two lives at once and admitting that I couldn't let go of the life that I was currently living. These desires to know him grew stronger and stronger as God continued to put one person after another into my life who lived in fellowship with God, bearing fruit that could come from no one else but God himself. I was craving God like never before. Now the Lord was well aware that I was unwilling to change my ways anytime soon. So he took over and he did it for me. As the pandemic hit the US and schools closed, the constant motion of my life that I had been using as a, that I had been using to live a life of sin and ignorant bliss screeched to a halt. I could no longer distract myself from the reality of my need for a savior. The Lord opened my eyes to see how my last few years of my life had been so empty and unfulfilling. Not only that, but I had missing out. I had been saying no to an infinite joy and love. As C.S. Lewis put it, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. The Lord needed to take away everything I had to show me that I ultimately had nothing apart from him. Rather than filling me with shame, regret, and a sense of failure, he filled me with a desire to drop everything and step into relationship with him. And that is exactly what I did. God showed me how having a relationship with him has nothing to do with our own efforts of constantly chasing after him or striving to be closer through our own efforts. It has everything to do with absolute surrender, letting go of every part of who we are in order to allow him to come inside and work within. I stand here today to testify to the fact that there is nothing more beautiful than the process of falling in love with the living creator. In the last year, I've seen evidence of God through real and true transformation through the Holy Spirit that has shaken my life from the inside out. My relationship is no longer a dead cycle of attempts to be a religious person, eventually burning out and following my own desires, but it is one of rich fellowship and depth of relationship with Jesus himself. I no longer am prey to the highs and lows of life, but my life is infiltrated, infiltrated with the steadfastness of God's unconditional love. God used my high school years to allow me to meet the end of myself and the joy and honor that I feel to think about how God loved me too much to allow me to continue on with this life and die as a person subject to dry religion, shallow faith, 
an empty head knowledge, only to stand before Jesus realizing I didn't really know him and he didn't really know me. As this chapter of life comes to a close, God has taught me how to really trust him as my plans for the future in college and to get a degree straight out of high school have kind of been derailed. He has made it clear to me that he has something different in mind for me this year. And I have laid down my plans in order to have an open heart to his. Some of you might remember me preparing to leave for a medical missions trip my sophomore year in Haiti. Those doors closed due to scale four violence as the US Embassy closed transportation. Looking back, I see that God knew I was not equipped to go on a trip to carry his word, service, and love to unreached people. As doors for college have closed for this year, God has awakened a desire within me to use this time I have over the next year to be trained to travel overseas in order to carry the gospel to people who have not heard it before. I'm excited to announce I've been accepted into the Youth with a Mission organization, and I have hopes to join their ministry in late September. As I continue to be led in this direction of ministry and partner in God's work overseas, please feel free to talk to me after if you have any other questions or feel led to give or pray or support me in any way that you feel led. I am currently praying for funds and support, and I would love to connect and just talk after if you're interested. As I have witnessed the Lord radically work inside of me in the last year of learning what it means to surrender my life, I continue to evolve in pursuit of him as I'm a work in progress. Thank you for allowing me to share the evidence of God's existence through listening to my story. To close, I want to encourage you all with this verse. Hebrews 12 says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. My prayer for this body of people today is that we continue to surrender who we are for the wonder of who he is as we keep our eyes fixated on Jesus himself. It is my honor to run the race for the glory of him. Thank you. Good morning. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Christiana Davis, and I had to rewrite this like three and a half times before I got to what you're going to hear today. And honestly, um, there's still way more than I can share in a 10, f five, 10 minute testimony. Um, but in writing this, <laughs> my good friend Google says that the top de definition of a testimony is a formal written or spoken statement, especially one given in a court of law. Now, I would not call this a court of law, but I feel like oftentimes I subconsciously view the church that way. That if I came in here as the broken person I am, with all my sin and baggage, that I would be put on trial. I tell myself that if you all truly knew how I am on the inside, if you all saw my sin, I would never be allowed in here again. God began my story in the summer of 2013 when my older brother Elijah passed away in a car accident. There's not much that I remember from that time, but I will always remember the look on my mother's face when she woke me and my younger sister that morning to try and find the strength to tell us that our older brother was no longer living. At such a young age, I could not understand why a supposedly good God would take such a good person from us with no warning. 
Elijah was a godly young man who just a short month before that day stood in this very place and gave his senior testimony. He spoke about an increasing downward spiral in our generation to hold ourselves accountable for our actions and how we are supposed to live our lives. That downward spiral is present in the way I live and the way I view the church. By putting on a fake face and pretending that my life is fine so that I will not be tried, I am not holding myself accountable for my actions and my sin. I cruised through middle school with as little relationship with the Lord as possible. But in, 2000, in 2017, I entered the public high school system for the first time in my life. To this point, I did not have a personal relationship with the Lord. I knew what my parents believed, but I was not sure if that is how I wanted to live my life. High school posed many struggles such as entering the dating world. Throughout my different high school relationships, I soon realized this deep desire to please, please others and be loved. This quickly took over much of my life and played into my view of the church. I began seeking love in all the wrong places. I wanted everybody to approve of me and everyone to like me, because once they did, I would have value. I saw after other people's I saw after people's words of affirmation when and when they didn't come I tore myself apart trying to figure out what I had done wrong and why I wasn't appreciated At school I sought to be liked by my peers and to create quality projects and grades that would impress my teachers Kids my age knew I was a Christian but all that really meant to them was that I didn't swear smoke or drink I lived like a Christian, but I did not feel like being a Christian. I knew the well-known stories of the Bible, but I did not take the time to read the Bible on my own. I had, no, I had not felt the desire to know the Lord on a truly deep and personal level until February of last year. February 2020, the entire world shut down. Because of this, I was forced to slow my busy life to a complete halt. I was forced to stay at home and do virtually nothing, yet everything virtually. During this time, I heard the Lord calling my name for the first time. He told me the truth I have come to know and I'm trying to lean on, that I am already loved and already accepted, that I do not need to put in any work to impress others so that I won't be tried for my sins, because he has already taken that place. Since everything had slowed down during this time, I began spending more and more time with the Lord and in his word. As I began this, I became even more aware of how terrible a person I am. Yet, this time, it did not end there. This time, it continued with the fact that I don't need to dwell in my sin. I'm freed from it. I soon realized that I was focused, that I was focusing my desire to be accepted and loved on worldly things, when all along, if I had focused it on God, I would have re received the strongest and most accepting love of them all. John 3, 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. For the first time in my life, I truly felt loved. I felt 
a love that no high school boyfriend could give, a love that no words of affirmation or acceptance could give. It was a selfless, perfect love that accepted me no matter what. My testimony today, my statement today, is that I'm broken. I am a sinner. I still struggle with trying to please others instead of the Lord. But he is doing a work in me that has not stopped since the day I was born. He has a plan for me. He has my story written and my days numbered. I believe that he calls me chosen and loved. I believe that my sins are washed away because of his sacrifice. I know that I will never be perfect, and I know that there will be times of great rejoicing and also great sorrow. But much like the example my parents set for me during the days, weeks, months, and now even years after Elijah's death, it is who I lean on in those times of sorrow that matter. I know that if I call to him, he will be there. A little over eight years ago, Elijah stood here and admitted that he was not good at taking accountability, but that no matter how many times we take advantage of the gift that God has given us, he is always there, ready to give us his love. Today, I am joining him in that admitting that I don't take accountability. It took me years to realize that I was seeking love from the world, but I am trying, and I know that God loves me despite my failures. I want to take accountability for my sin. Today, I am choosing to go against the downward, downward spiral. Tomorrow, I may get swept in it, swept up in it, but what matters is that I have my sights set on the Lord, and he will never let me be swept further than I can find my way back. There is much more to my story than I told here today, and there is still much more to unfold, but I am choosing to surrender every day to him. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both for, for sharing. That takes a lot of courage to be up front here. And I, I think, the, I think the, the question for each one of us, or that I want to leave you with, um, as we've heard two testimonies today, is what is your testimony? What, is, what work has the Lord been doing in your life for the past three months, six months, 12 months, or 12 years? And then also, who are you going to tell? Who are you going to tell about it? 